Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kate Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast, everybody. We are so excited to have you here. Today, we are continuing on in our carousel series. We are going to be talking wide receivers. Very excited to have that conversation. My name is Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. I'm Michelle. You can follow me at BallBlastM. BallBlast E-M. And who are you? <laughs> and I'm Jake Trowbridge. And my name is Jake Trowbridge. And that's also where you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Jake Trowbridge. How many people did you just make uh, turn off the podcast right there? Like, who is this dude with this voice? So, so many. <laughs> I guarantee it's like a 90% drop off. <laughs> I will be sure to check the stats on that as soon as uh, we we get some listens. Uh, Everybody, please be sure to check out the ballblastfootball.com. Rookie profiles. I'm so excited. We just launched these last week. Uh, I feel like they're a nice hit. We're giving quick hitting analysis on the rookies that are relevant for your dynasty teams. So you are prepared for your drafts going into rookie season. I feel like I was too nice about every rookie. Like yeah. everyone I'm writing about, I'm like, I love this guy. Like, you know, there's going to be so many busts. Like every single year it happens. And yeah, I am talking up like third round wide receivers. Like they're going to be the next. Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to have a Terry McLaurin every single year. If you do, if you had Terry McLaurin though, you drafted him pretty late, probably in the the late third round of your rookie draft. So Yeah, we will try to help you find the next Terry McLaurin of the 2021 draft class over there in our rookie profiles. So again, that's ballblastfootball.com. On today's show, like I said, we are going to be talking the wide receiver carousel. Uh, But first, first, we are going to hit the talk of the town, where we discuss one of the hot trending topics of the fantasy football Twitter sphere this week, something everybody has been talking about. Lots of trade questions involving this certain wide receiver. Just lots of lots of chitter chatter. Is he a value? Is he not? Is he overrated? DJ Moore, everybody. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. You're talk of the town. You're the talk of the town. Talk of the town. Everybody has a take on DJ Moore this week. It really comes down to, is DJ Moore elite? Is he ever going to be one of those top wide receivers in the league like we saw Kelvin Ridley jump up to be this year? Or is he that wide receiver too in fantasy, which is a fine spot to be in? It doesn't mean we hate him, right? I feel like if you don't name every player top five, you hate them. (laughs) But, okay, I want to get your guys' take because I made it pretty clear on Twitter my take. I'll go through that later. But, Jake, what do you think about DJ Moore? Where do you think what, – what do you think his potential is? I think his potential is a little bit more than what we've seen. Okay. I am one of the folks who often gives discounts for mediocre uh, quarterback play. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a bad quarterback. Uh, I think he's a fine quarterback. I also just don't think that DJ Moore has really gotten to play with a really solid throwing quarterback. So I'm willing to allow for a little bit more upside than what he has. But I think you hit it on the head. Not everybody has to be a top 12 receiver. And it's fine if you're not. And I don't see him being one for what it's worth. And not everyone can be. You can't put every, you can't say every wide receiver is a top 12 wide receiver. You see that everywhere. And it's like, okay, well, some of these guys can't be. And uh, right now, the hype for DJ Moore is out of this world. Kate, I'll let you talk before I jump into my thoughts. But I I feel like people are over-exaggerating his performance this year. Like, yes, the final numbers looked fine, but he had a lot of very meh weeks. 
He won you some weeks, but he also lost. Did you he some ever weeks. win you weeks though? No, he didn't. He never won you weeks. He got like sixteen points. Like had, very good weeks. Those are very good weeks. Those four, aren't winning you weeks. He had four one hundred receiving yard games. Uh and in those he caught a lot of football. So if you're playing in PPR leagues, it's it's win a pretty week so. You guys want to hear a crazy stat. He's been in the league three years, right? Three full seasons. He's only had three games over 25 fantasy points in his career. I'm not a mathematician, so you'll have to tell me. But that seems low. It, that's very low. I mean, I think 25 is a threshold. 25 is a very high Very threshold. high number, but that's winning you a week is what I'm saying. I think 25 points is like, wow, he really helped me win me a week. And if you go over like 20 points, his numbers don't increase that high either for his career games. He just doesn't hit 20 fantasy points a lot. Again, that's fine. That's a high number. But these other elite wide receivers are doing it. They're actually winning you weeks. And I, I, DJ Moore is a good wide receiver too. So DJ Moore, I'm going to actually take this back. I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Uh, so when we're looking at DJ Moore, I do think the fantasy football world so aggress- aggressively defends him. I, it, he's a, a pristine draft prospect. Let's bring it back to the rookies that we're starting to scout right now. Let's uh, evaluate how we look at these players. DJ Moore, he was a uh, just a, an absolute elite profile as a uh, incoming wide receiver in the NFL. He's six foot, two hundred and ten pounds. That's nice. Got big hands. He can he can run. He's got a very high college dominator rating. Uh, breakout age of eighteen point four. That's really good. Uh, all of all of these metrics, he's he's uh, physically he profiles as an elite wide receiver. So I do think that some of the dynasty sphere in in the Twitterverse, they remember that. And there it, are great athletes though that are good, really good players in the NFL. That doesn't mean they're an elite fantasy asset. I feel like people can't separate the two sometimes. It's like, okay, these people can be elite talents. It doesn't always turn out to be elite fantasy points. And we're playing fantasy football here, right? Like, I'm not saying DJ Moore is not extremely talented. But, you, like, Steve Smith, amazing, right? He was an amazing player, great for his teams. And he did put up a few really awesome seasons. But he himself, so the big thing on DJ Moore, why he doesn't score a lot of fantasy points, he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. I mean, four touchdowns is the most he's had in a year. Two, four, four. And people say, well, that changes all the time. Not for certain players. Like Steve Smith, look at this. He played for 16 seasons. He had two seasons over seven touchdowns. And one of those was eight touchdowns. So he had one season over eight touchdowns. And with 16 seasons of playing, like some guys just aren't touchdown guys. So he's going to need to be hyper, hyper targeted. Maybe they bring in Deshaun Watson. And of course, all of this talk would change. DJ to Moore. The moon. Yeah, DJ Moore would be so expensive. But I think that's like the only way that happens. I think he can be a value for where he's being drafted. Maybe not in the fantasy football Twitter sphere, but in your home leagues. I think he's a, like you said, a really solid wide receiver too. I do think he has plenty of upside. He's got all of the physicality. If he gets a a good quarterback, you're looking at, I think, a low-end wide receiver one. And I, I don't think the uh, standard people in your home leagues are necessarily valuing him as that. Yeah, I could agree. Anything else you want to hit on, Jake, with that? I do just want to say I am often one of those people who looks at a low touchdown rate and goes, well, sure, it's got to it's gotta regress positively next year. You just make those assumptions sometimes without actually digging into it. Yeah. And so I appreciate that uh, little extra touchdown insight there. Yeah, he's going to need to way, you know, increase that number way up if he wants to be considered an elite fantasy option. I mean, he doesn't care, but if people who have him on their team <laughs> want to consider him as that, all right, well, that's CJ Moore. We're going to jump into now free agents this offseason because there's so many. There's so many top guys, too. This is a delicious free agency class. It really is. And so many wide receivers where we don't know if they're, uh, you know, wide receiver one quality. Yeah. Besides Allen Robinson, right? We can jump into him first. I think that's the one guy in this free agency class that we can say, yes, he can handle the wide receiver one role. Uh, he's 
played with some terrible quarterbacks, a lot like DJ Moore, but even worse, right? I'm a lot in the same boat where I'm just not that high on Allen Robinson ever. I always just let other people have him. I just like, yeah, he's talented, sure. I don't know. I'm just not that thrilled about him. But he was a wide receiver nine in 2020, the wide receiver eight in 2019 uh, in PPR. So that's back-to-back years in the top 10. Let me hear your thoughts on Allen Robinson. Do you think he should change teams? Where do you want to see him go? What quarterback, what team? Jake, we can start with you. He has to change teams. Okay. He has to, has to, has to. I cannot stand another year of him languishing on the Bears, uh, especially because we still don't know. Their quarterback situation just gets weirder by the week, it feels like. So I don't I don't want him to have to stick around. And I do think it's worth noting, too, that Allen Robinson, there was some news that came out this week that Allen Robinson and the Bears have not conversed at all. They are not speaking... Uh, they haven't talked in a really long time, so I don't think this is one of those situations where there's that possibility that they might come to an agreement. I think we can all agree that Allen Robinson, uh, e- despite our wishes, is not going to be in in Chicago, correct? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's not a good working relationship if you haven't spoken basically since the close of the season. <laughs> That's not often how good things occur. So I'm definitely not going to hold my breath on that. I am a little nervous for Allen Robinson for where his landing spot's going to be because not only does he, he definitely needs and deserves a quarterback upgrade, but I don't know, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, I don't know that he's so, so good that he can go on to any team and be the automatic number one dominant standout wide receiver. Yep. Like, what if he goes to an already somewhat clustered receiving core? Is he good enough to just assert his dominance there? I kind of don't think so. So that rules out a few pretty decent landing spots. I don't know. I'm a little ambivalent about him right now. Yeah, I think he definitely needs to go to a team where he gets those that target share. I mean, he had 150 targets the last two seasons uh, in each of those seasons. I know a lot of people like want to hate on that he has to play with all these bad quarterbacks, but bad quarterbacks don't really read the whole offense, right? And they target their wide receiver one a ton. So if he goes to a team with a good quarterback, a lot of good quarterbacks already have a wide receiver one. So he's going to have to share those targets. And, I mean, he's only getting, what, 1,100, 1,200 yards with 150 targets? What is he going to do if he has to share those targets with someone? So I just I picture him having to go to a bad team, like maybe the Jets. He would be an instant target hog there. But who's their quarterback? Who knows? It could be a rookie or Sam Darnold. That's way worse. And I like him with the Giants. Daniel Jones, I mean, Daniel Jones is also another bad quarterback, so that sucks for him, <laughs> but I like him with the Giants. I think I, it. you hit the nail on the head. I don't know that there's a good quarterback that I would necessarily want to pair him with, and that's terrible, but I think he's one of these guys that uh, he does benefit tremendously from the volume. He's had four seasons with over 150 targets. That's bananas absolutely bananas and I don't know that he's going to accomplish uh mega things I look back to his 2015 season had 17.5 yards per reception that was when he managed 1400 yards on his 151 targets uh but since then his yards per reception is really dipped he's been uh, between 12 and 13 yards per reception uh I it seems when I'm looking at the stats uh, that two, uh, 2015 was a anomaly year. Yep. Uh, it, it was a fantastic year. It, I mean, overall in Jacksonville, the Blake Bortles era was an anomaly. <laughs> and I think we, we have a hard time moving on from that. So I think his best situation is going to be uh, in a place where he is the top dog and you don't have a quarterback that's uh, good enough to spread the ball. I as have much. an idea. What about Detroit with Jared Goff? Would that wouldn't that be the best quarterback he's worked with? Kind of. Oh, uh, would it? <laughs> Maybe, possibly. Uh, that's interesting. I was thinking, what if he went to Oakland? And technically, I was thinking, or excuse me, not Oakland. 
What if he went to Las Vegas? Yeah. Uh, and he played with Derek Carr, because I was thinking the same thought. Technically, that might still be the best QB he's played with. Yeah, I, I like that Derek Carr connection. It depends on... You know, how much longer are they sticking with Derek Carr? But I keep saying that every offseason, and they seem to be happy with him. They seem to be happy with seven wins. So, I mean, if they're happy with it, who am I to judge? I enjoy it as a Steelers fan and them being in the AFC. <laughs> but uh, I, I do think Derek Carr could use a true wide receiver one. He doesn't have one right now. It's Darren Waller, his tight end. The issue, though, is that they just put they, – they just invested all of this draft capital – into wide receivers. So are we going to bank on the fact that they're not giving these guys an extra season to develop? I do think, I mean, Henry Ruggs would be a great fit as not a wide receiver one, right? Like, and you have Brian Edwards that they just drafted in a third, like make him your wide receiver too. Henry Ruggs can be the slot guy, bring in Allen Robinson. I, I think you can use them all. And no one, I mean, everyone knew Henry Ruggs that early was just a disaster waiting to happen. They made a lot of really odd. They accumulated all of this draft capital and they did nothing with it. They did nothing with it, but also like, God, they made some really questionable decisions. I'm not even going to go there. Oh, by the way, I definitely earned us some bad reviews on the Volvo Last podcast for being mean to Derek Carr because his truthers <laughs> are the like oh my goodness they get so mad at you and it's like what has he done besides have a <laughs> mediocre year in a mediocre year like he almost won mvp in the worst nfl season for quarterbacks like good for him he threw 30 touchdowns relax <sighs> i will say Derek carr's deep ball passes have actually been decent like that's the one thing that he does pretty okay especially this last year he was in i believe the top three for deep ball completion percentage. He just didn't throw it that often, though. And I don't know if it's because Nelson Aguilar is your deep guy or if it's because he just doesn't do it that often or he wants to check down to Darren Waller all the time. Um, So it'd be interesting. I don't know. I would like to see another speedster get a chance there, I guess, too, if Aguilar doesn't go back. Aguilar was weirdly good this year, so they're definitely going to need to get a speedster if Aguilar is gone. Um, But... Yeah, Allen Robinson, I guess, wouldn't bring that speed to the team, but he still would be that nice piece as a wide receiver one. Moving on to another wide receiver. Now, this one has not proved that he can be a wide receiver one, but I do think he's a good addition and a good talent for a team to bring on. It's Juju Smith-Schuster. It looks like Pittsburgh, there's a very good chance they'll have to say goodbye to him, let him walk with their, uh, uh, their cap issues. But he had 97 receptions this year, only 831 yards. I mean, that's almost impossible to only have 831 yards off 97 receptions. I do think he hit a record this year for wide receivers with that many receptions and that you few mean yards. For, for Yeah, for the lowest yards per reception ever yes. for that amount of targets. Yes, yes, or yes. for that amount of receptions. receptions. Yikes. But he did end as a wide receiver 16 in PBR leagues because of the 97 receptions. That's a lot. And because of his nine touchdowns. That's a decent number for touchdowns. Where do we see him going? What would be a good fit? Because do you see him as a wide receiver one on a team? I don't. I see him as a possession receiver, but I, I think he's an elite possession receiver, and that's not that's not a knock. Um, we've seen what Julian Edelman had done for the Patriots. He's a, a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, we've seen what Cole Beasley and his uh, emergence in Buffalo has done for that offense. The, the slot possession receiver, I feel like uh, – when, when we're talking about these uh, guys, especially who we want to be elite fantasy prospects, the slot receiver just isn't super sexy, but it, it can be a PPR machine. And I think keep using him in that role. Everybody, uh, I, I think we're, we're just underrating him. And watching him play this season, I'll say his plays were a lot bigger than the stat sheet showed. Uh, yeah, he if that played makes sense. strong. He he played. He made some really big uh, plays in important moments, and I think that if it, an NFL office or a GM is is watching him play, they're probably more impressed than than they are just by looking at his stats. Jake, where do you want to see him go? Where I want to see him go is not feasible. My dream spot would actually be that he goes to Minnesota and he replaces Adam Thielen. Okay. But that's just not it's not feasible. So what is wrong if I'm with looking Adam at a Thielen? There's nothing wrong with him. He is getting up there though. 
Obviously, it'd be nice to have the youth come so in it's there. It's ageism. It's 100% ageism. That guy's over 30. He's practically dead, okay? Um, <laughs> but I will say this is not a sexy landing spot at all, but he can be a 1B, I think, to somebody who's 1A. And it might be interesting to see him and Terry McLaurin on the same team. Um, so putting him in Washington, like, we don't know the quarterback situation, obviously, which stinks. But hypothetically, let's say Deshaun Watson goes to Washington, like I asked for last week. <laughs> then we get Deshaun Watson, Terry McLaurin, and Juju on the same team. And I think that would be fun to watch. That would be very fun to watch, especially Depending on the quarterback, defense. though. If it's yeah. Tyler Heineke, no. Like, no, he, no. Said, he said we're getting Deshaun Watson. Uh, okay. we're, we're making that assumption. Okay. My pick for Juju, uh, I think you guys are going to like this one. For fantasy... I'm sending him to the Cardinals. You have Larry Fitzgerald set to retire. Uh, still can't figure out what's going on there with his uh, possible maybe sort of retirement or maybe not. Uh, one of one of those positional coaches made that that uh, post about like his his retirement and Larry just never came out and said that. So it's like the rumor mill, whatever, but either way, Larry Fitzgerald is uh, getting ready to say his goodbyes and make the final rounds. Juju can come in and be that slot slot guy, be a possession receiver for one of the, the best young quarterbacks that we have in the NFL right now who's got the athleticism of a, a psychotic monster freak. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like with Hopkins and then Juju, is there enough speed there? Maybe they might want a speedier guy. Christian Kirk, is that speedy? guy i guess but he has his shown... contracts uh coming to a, a close i believe his contracts up yeah but i'm saying christian kirk isn't very good either they might want to bring in a faster guy but i do i mean that would be nice right kyler murray would have to i don't know how much more his value could increase but if he has hopkins and juju i mean juju would be put into that situation again where he has that dominant wide receiver across from him that could be very nice for him as long as, you know, Kyler Murray keeps throwing the ball and throwing deep. I like it. I'm going to I go. I like that a lot. I'm going to go with a team that would not be sexy at all and would not be nice. I'm going to go with the Jets. They could cut Jamison Crowder, save $10 million. They just saved $10 million on a cap space just by cutting him and then upgrade the Juju for a couple million dollars more. I think Juju's a good upgrade from Jamison Crowder, even though I think Crowder's a decent talent as well. We saw Crowder get peppered with targets with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold could be gone, but I still think he would be a great weapon for whatever quarterback they bring in. Now, that couldn't be their only addition. I don't know what Denzel Mims is going to bring to the table next year in his second year because I don't think Juju should be a wide receiver one, but I do think that'd be a good little upgrade in the slot. It's not nice, though, for fantasy, probably, if you have Juju. It's not exciting. I'd feel gross. Yeah. <laughs> I would feel very gross about it, personally. But look at Crowder being an actually usable fantasy asset when he's playing all the games, even in that offense, even with the quarterback he's had. So I feel like it's not like there are worse places, certainly, from a fantasy perspective for Juju, if you have him on your team, uh, that I, I think it could work for him. Like, it, it won't be great. Again, He's not going to be a top 12 receiver, but not everybody has to be. Yeah. So it's fine. All right. I will make this one more exciting then. All right. Because I gave you Spice such a lame up. one for Juju. We're talking about Will Fuller now. Will Fuller is a free agent. We saw him this year be used as a wide receiver one. It worked out. He was the wide receiver four before getting suspended uh, later on in the season. He will miss one game next year with that suspension, but we'll and, be back. Uh, why was he suspended? PED. So maybe maybe that had a little something to do with his wide receiver four performance. Maybe. We don't know. We can only speculate. But I'm saying let's send him to Buffalo with Ooh. Josh Allen. Get John Brown. John Brown's a free agent. He leaves town. He's a 4-3 guy, 4-3 speed guy. Just replace him with a younger 4-3 speed guy and Will Fuller. I love this together. You have Stephon Diggs as the possession receiver. Will Fuller is your deep threat. It's a beautiful match. And you know Josh Allen loves to just sling that ball. Yes, Will Fuller would get fewer targets than he did this year, but I think the targets that he did receive would be so beautiful, and he'd be such a good weapon. See, I love that fit. I think that is one of the best NFL fits that you could possibly make. 
I worry about it for fantasy though because we saw uh, we saw Josh Allen though he funneled so many targets to Stephon Diggs he showed a willingness uh, to spread the ball around the field uh, he didn't hyper focus on any secondary target so I do worry that he might not really hit that ceiling that we want to see for Will Fuller and that we know he's capable of Cole Beasley had over 100 targets this year isn't that pretty well that is pretty well I just noticed that today because uh, I went in to go do some numbers. I was like, Cole Beasley had 100 targets. When? Like, he had like 103 or something. Yeah. That's... Good for you. Good for you, Cole. Way to go out there and do it, man. <laughs> the, the thing is, if the Bills go get Will Fuller, you know, Will Fuller gets injured a lot. This, is, of course, was his one year he didn't get injured and then he got suspended. But they're so used to John Brown being injured all the time. What's really the difference? <laughs> it's really one A and one B. Yeah. So you're just switching out. John Brown with a younger John Brown, but better and younger and yeah, more expensive, I I guess. I, it's definitely more expensive, but I I do think he would be a fantastic fit. Uh, I think he could be a a big time player in Indy. I know their quarterback situation is still questionable, but they're a team who's uh, probably going to be losing T Y Hilton. Uh, I can't remember. I think he has got one year left on his contract, but Either way, he is getting older. He is not getting any younger. He is getting unhealthier. Uh, dude's banged up. He he had a couple of good games this season, but I think we can agree that he's not in the position to play the same wide receiver one role. Send him there where he can play alongside uh, Michael Pittman um, and and really utilize those tight ends who you know are they're good at tight ends. They've got the run game. I just feel like they've got the entire package. They've got the offensive line. Uh, If you put a decent quarterback in there, and I think if you get one other elite wide receiver in there, you've got a Super Bowl contending team pretty much immediately. Yeah, I don't even think they need to add anyone else if they brought in Will Fuller because I think Michael Pittman's a great talent and he can go into his second year and be great. They should be running the ball constantly anyways with Jonathan Taylor. And then you have Paris Campbell coming back from a pretty serious injury, but he was looking good before his injury. Why do I feel like Jake, I know exactly where you're going to send Will Fuller. Look, I think you think what most people would think if they saw the Packers logo hanging behind me currently. But I went down that lane last year when there was talks about him getting shipped to Green Bay before the suspension. And I I wasn't having it then. I'm not about mid-season acquisitions for the Packers. I thought about it briefly for them this offseason. But I actually think I'd be more interested to see him go to Cleveland. which is probably not, I don't know, it probably doesn't sound very appetizing to folks, but hypothetically, if Odell uh, doesn't stick around there, I think Baker proved himself a pretty capable quarterback down the stretch this last year with pretty lackluster weapons. Uh, Outside of the run game, there really wasn't, I mean, it was Jarvis Landry, who is great. I I do have to say, I know he kind of gets crapped on a lot, but Jarvis Landry is pretty great as a football player. Like, real-life football receiver. Um, But putting Will Fuller there as the deep option for him, I think, would boost Baker's value. And I think it would give Fuller the targets that he needs. Yeah, I absolutely love that fit. I was actually trying to think of a fast wide receiver that the Browns could bring in because I do think OBJ has to go. It's just Baker and him do not fit together. They do not fit together. Baker Mayfield was a much better quarterback before they brought in OBJ, was a much better quarterback after he got hurt. I mean, the numbers just show it. Baker's weeks one through six, 60% completion percentage, 182 passing yards per game, uh, 6.4 yards per attempt. And all of those numbers went way, way, way up. Um, after he left 6.4 yards per attempt with OBJ 7.8 after his completion percentage went up by 4% his uh, passing yards per game went up by 60 yards per game his passer rating went up by nearly 20 I mean if you look at all of the wide receivers that Baker Mayfield has targeted over 30 times in the last two years he has the worst passer rating when passing to Odell out of all of those players I mean, they just don't have a connection together. This isn't saying OBJ is a bad player. I think he's highly overrated, but he. Uh, this is even about that. It's about those two not meshing 
he needs to go. They need to get rid of him. They need to trade him. And then they need to find someone else because you can't go into the season with just Jarvis Landry. That's not going to work in the, today's NFL anymore. Bring in Will Fuller. I love that. We saw Brashad Perriman fit well with Baker in his rookie season. Like, he can sling it. I love that, Will Fuller. Now I'm all on board with your idea instead, actually. <laughs> I really am. I let's, love it. Let's I, make it happen. Come on, Browns. Because he could be the, the wide right receiver thing. one there. He could be... Well, and I, I think their established run game also kind of elongates the potential of Will Fuller's targets. So I, I don't think he needs to get a monstrous target share. Jarvis Landry can still be your top target. He can be the possession receiver on the team. But the established run game does open up the deep ball. And Baker, like those mid-range balls, I, I feel like he's he's pretty good at those. Um, I, I think... That could be a really good fit. Um, yeah, I can't even argue with that. I'm all on board. I love it. And they have the cap space for it, too. You've convinced all of us. Now I want to go buy Will Fuller everywhere because I feel <laughs> like he's going to go there. All right, let's move on to the next big free agent, Kenny Galladay. We didn't really get to see him play this year. It felt like, oh, this might be the week. This might be the week. And it just kept not happening. He only played five games this season. Um Really only four, because in one of them, he played only 30% and had zero receptions. But the year before that, he had 1,190 yards and 11 touchdowns. That was pretty nice. Do we see him as being a top-tier fantasy option moving forward? Where do we want him to go? Where is he a good fit? He's still kind of more hype than man at this point for me. Like, everybody is still on, at least that I've seen, is still on this Kenny Galladay train, just expecting it any time now. This is where it's really going to ref up. And yes, obviously, he got hurt this year. And he was good in the few games that he played this year. But I, I don't get it, I guess. So he's kind of a lower-tier Allen Robinson in my mind. He's fine. He's totally fine, but he's way overhyped. I think that there's... There's plenty of spots where he can go and be a productive fringe wide receiver, too, or even a top-end wide receiver, too, if everything goes exactly right. But there's, I will say, out of all the free agents, there is not a team that stands out as like, oh, yeah, he's got to go to this team and everything will be fine. Honestly, if he goes to the Texans, cool, I guess. You know, they need people at this point. They need warm bodies. And if they have a decent quarterback, then good for Galladay. Yeah, but, like, who in the world is going to be their quarterback? I have no idea. It's funny because you mentioned go to the Texans. I'm saying, like, his best shot is to go wherever Deshaun Watson goes. And that could be Miami. That could be the 49ers. I think those are two best spots for Watson. And I think that would be the best spot for Galladay because they don't have that big, tall, deep threat that can catch those contested balls. Uh, so I would love that. And, you know, Deshaun Watson will just throw it up to him. But yeah, he's about to be 28. He's going to be 28 years old this season. I feel like he just entered the league, so I don't know where that time has gone. But he's never been that like huge target guy. Uh, his receptions are just like deep, so it's a lot of yards per reception. But he has to go with a quarterback that just loves to sling it. Yeah, I, I there's no uh, sexiness here for me. I'm just not super excited about Kenny Galladay. I'm not really... Uh, Jake, like you said, there's no one team where I'm like, oh, that would be perfect. Like Will Fuller to Cleveland, as soon as you said that, my mind exploded. <laughs> and there is literally nowhere I, that I can think of that I want to send Kenny Galladay. He's one of these guys that I think is a better NFL receiver than uh, maybe he is for, for fantasy. And I consider it, him a, a pretty stable asset. I think his floor is reasonably high the issue with me is just that I don't think he necessarily has the ceiling in fantasy yeah I totally agree with you I was all on the Kenny Galladay train before the season and now that I'm looking back into it I'm like ah, oh, like I don't know I'm really just not anymore unless he goes with the Sean Watson I do think that's a nice fit but I mean what are the chances that actually ends up happening that would be pretty insane Moving on to a guy that probably shouldn't have been our last big name on this list, right? He could be the best option um, out of these five big free agents. But Chris Godwin, this year, he only had one game with over 100 receiving yards um, in the regular season, at least. After finishing as a wide receiver two in 2019, 
So do we think Chris Godwin is the talent of 2019 when he was pretty much the wide receiver one of the Bucks, Or is he more of that second-tier guy? I personally think he can be a wide receiver one on a team, and that's he should leave and go be in that role somewhere. What do you think, Jake? I've seen some parallels to Juju Smith-Schuster, so that's why I'm very interested that you said that, okay. where he can go somewhere and be the one. I don't know because I haven't like I haven't sat down and do those comps, but it's interesting. And I think the worry is, well, if he goes somewhere and he's the undisputed number one, does it turn into a juju situation? I don't know. I don't know that that would actually be the case. I was I don't know why we're talking about the Jets so much, but I actually <laughs> think the Jets would be OK for him. I think that's more just about the Jets clearly needing any receivers at this point uh, than the individual receivers going there. But I think he could fare pretty decently there. I think he's better at getting separation, and maybe I, I could be totally wrong about that. I would have to go look at the numbers as well. But watching him, he feels like he's a better route runner. He can get separation easier than Juju. Um, I, I do think he could be a true wide receiver one, and I think he needs to go to a team that he can be the man. Not just like go split targets with someone else. Like go be the man. And I, I like the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not super excited about Jalen Hurts' arm talent. We'll see where that leads to in a second year if Carson Wentz does leave. But the Eagles need a wide receiver that can be the dude. Clearly, they're terrible at drafting wide receivers. Like, that's just the Steelers, our team, they can't draft secondary. So, you know what? They went out and they signed Joe Hayden. They traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. You got to do that. Just go get someone that already has hit in the NFL that you don't have to scout. Go get your man, Chris Godwin. He could be the true man there uh, and get 150 targets in that offense. See, I totally believe Chris Godwin is the wide receiver one. Uh, not the wide receiver one, but he's the wide receiver one from 2019. I think that is his true self and true identity. This year, he dealt with tons of injuries. I mean, the the entire season, pretty much. He was on the injury report, uh, broke his finger, had surgery midseason. Uh, he, he was really banged up. He had a hamstring injury. Uh, all of that, I, I think, does impact your ability, especially the hamstring injury, uh, to make yards after the catch. And that's actually where he had his biggest hit this year. So his yards per reception did come down. After uh, one season without Mr. Jameis Winston, who will just throw it up to anybody and anybody. Uh, but his average depth of the target actually really didn't go down that much. Uh, last season in 2019, 10.32 uh, yards per target. And the 2020 season with Tom Brady, 10.1. So really, he's getting the same uh, depth of target there. The biggest difference in his performance from 2019 to 2020 was the yards after the catch uh, in 2019 managed 6.7 yards after the catch per reception uh, that dropped to 4.6 in the 2020 season. And I think that is going to have a lot to do with the injuries, especially the soft tissues. Yeah, I can see that. And that is certainly the issue this year. It felt like when he was fully, fully healthy, Tom Brady was finding him, finding him and getting him the ball. I don't know. I do worry a little bit about his production this year, but I think you made a good point about his injuries. I do. I think, honestly, my biggest concern is that he's never had to – it is similar to Juju's situation. He's never had to play without his top receiver. So Juju is a guy that we actually did see play without his top receiver – uh, didn't look good. We don't know if that's necessarily the reason for his his dip in production. Uh, but, I mean, we really don't have any sample size of uh, what Chris Godwin is without an elite wide receiver or uh, a, a talented tight end. He's always had, uh, like, I'm not saying Cameron Brait is elite, but uh, he's, he's a very capable tight end. And then you throw in O.J. Howard, who's had plenty of flashes in the pan, uh, all of this season, he had the entire uh, Hall of Fame ballot from, like, I don't know, six, seven years from now. He's got a lot of uh, supporting cast that it just makes me wonder, is it a Alabama-type situation where it's just there's so many talented people in one where you, you can't really evaluate if they're going to be that same player without that uh, group of people around them. So really quick, where do you want to see him go? 
Uh, how about the Bengals? They have T. Higgins. Uh, they've got plenty of cap space to work with. I don't know if they're uh, necessarily willing to shell out. I know they don't really like spending in free agency. But Joe Burrow, get a possession receiver for him. Uh, if he's lined up across from T. Higgins, I'm not concerned. I hate that because T. Higgins is going to be the target monster, and I won't accept anything else. Do you that. agree that that would be a decent fit? Whatever. No, I won't agree with that. <laughs> I will not. I also like Tyler Boyd too much to want to get on board with this. <laughs> he's my he's my secret uh, obsession is Tyler Boyd. Not so secret. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Chris Godwin. That's not a secret anymore. I feel like Tyler Boyd isn't that far away from Chris Godwin talking about talent. You know. I mean, I think yeah, I mean, a, I would yeah. I would give Godwin the edge yeah. there for sure. Yeah, but for I sure. do like Boyd for fantasy. Can we? How gross would it be if he ends up in Detroit? Can we talk about that? And if they keep Jared Goff, because yeah. then he would be the only guy there, pretty much. I, do. I mean, there's T.J. Hawkinson, but I like that. I like that a lot. And any wide receiver that goes there with Jared Goff, a they have no one else, and b their defense is so bad, they're going to have to throw all of the time. So yes, that would be a great <laughs> spot for him. Moving on. So those are all like the top free agents, and then there's a bunch of guys that it's like, ugh. Like if we look at this group of. Wide receivers, I think they're past their prime, and they probably just got to go. We're looking at A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, and Larry Fitzgerald. Now, Sammy Watkins is still young, but it's not going to happen for him. Like, it's not going to happen. Do we think there's anything left in the tank for any of these guys that I just mentioned? Nope. Maybe Marvin Jones. Okay. Like he's the only one out of the list where I'd be curious. I'd, I'd give him another look for one more year if he lands in an okay spot. And I know this would never happen, but I want Aaron Rodgers to have another okay deep <laughs> weapon because he doesn't have that at all right now. Uh, it wouldn't happen, but it'd be interesting. It would kind of suck for fantasy, uh, but it would give a boost to Aaron Rodgers, which I'm all about. I like that. I like Marvin Jones to Green Bay give... Aaron Rodgers, that deep threat that can actually catch a ball, uh, unlike MVS. Yeah, I think Marvin Jones is probably the only one that has anything left. I know T.Y. Hilton had like that three-game stretch. Where, he had a spurt. Yeah, I mean, and this is the spurt. Four receptions for 81 yards. Like, yes, he got the touchdown. Cool. Then he had a really great game. Eight receptions, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Cool. And then the next one, five receptions for 86. And that was his like three game stretch where everyone just thought like T.Y. Hilton's back. Like you're so stupid if you dropped him. Like, no, he was doing absolutely nothing. This was week 12 through 14. So yeah, if you were playing him weeks one through 11, you weren't even mattering by week 12. <laughs> Your record was probably like two and 10. So, but anyways, yeah, I think T.Y. Hilton is done. AJ Green has nothing left. Larry Fitzgerald just needs to retire. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts. I mean, this is, their lives, so I, I shouldn't be talking. <laughs> I shouldn't be telling them what to do. Michelle but. gives excellent career advice. Yeah. I just think they've had good careers besides Sammy Watkins. Now it's time to um, hang it up. Let the youngins get involved. Step aside Giga. a little bit. Get into, you know, like be a talking head on a, on a show somewhere. You can go do that. Anybody can. I mean, Jason Witten was going to get an offer. I, I think there's been talk of Larry Fitzgerald as, yeah. like, a mayor of oh, the town. I was like, going to say, I feel like Larry Fitzgerald will definitely be on the shows. Like, he'll definitely be a sports analyst, football analyst, for sure. Right? He might. I have to picture I don't. At, after I heard the, the mayor, or, it was something about, like, a government position there in Arizona. Now that I just think that sounds cool. Like, I would love if, if uh, <laughs> let's think of like a football player running around here. Is there any football player you would trust to run the city of Pittsburgh? Uh, Larry Fitz would be just fine. <laughs> all right. Curtis Samuel. He's a free agent. Now he could still have something left in the tank. He's still super young. Um, do we think that he can actually become a reliable fantasy asset with any offense um, that he joined. Uh, right now, like with the Panthers, he was basically used as that gadget player. And that's kind of how I see him in basically any offense. I just don't know if he can be the guy that gets a lot of targets and is consistent and he's someone that you can trust putting into your lineup. Jake, where do you want to see Curtis Samuel go? I don't know. I don't know where Curtis should go because I really am at an impasse with him. He, He's... He's a good receiver. He's good. 
and that's okay. I think that's the theme of what I'm saying today. It's okay to be an okay receiver and not like a dominant guy. I don't see him going anywhere else and all of a sudden getting this massive upgrade by any means. Um, I do think like maybe put him on the Bears just because they desperately need some speed somewhere on that offense. Uh, and it doesn't really matter for him. I don't think his quarterback too much. You know, as he's not QB proof, but he's not somebody who desperately needs like a great quarterback because I think he's utilized pretty well and he can he he's proven that he can be utilized in a lot of spaces. So maybe put him on the Bears and just see what he can do. All right, I like that. I was thinking that, but with T- Tariq Cohen coming back, it's are they like the same type of asset? Where I know they're different types of players, but used in the same way, that could become an issue. Where do you where sure. do you want to see Curtis Samuel go? See, I don't think it matters for fantasy. I really like. There's not a single place that I can think of the Chiefs. To send... The Chiefs, right? No. You wouldn't be excited about him a little bit with the Chiefs? No. Literally, no. We'd, um, we'd get Miko Hardman on that whole thing, and <laughs> I can't go through that again. Yeah, been there, done that. I don't think there's really a, a role to be played for him. You already have Tyreek Hill, who is utilized in gadgety ways. Uh, they've gotten Miko Hardman involved in gadgety ways. They don't need another gadget player, and I don't think they need another talented player i just i don't chris curtis samuel is a a talented wide receiver but there's nowhere that i would uh would bump his fantasy stock for me at this point so if you have him in dynasty right now and you're stuck with him what you want to happen is for him to go to the chiefs or go to the packers so that something that sounds sexy so that his value increases and you can sell that for sure i think that's that's totally fair and like I said, I like he's going to be a huge upgrade for whoever gets him. Uh, I think he he proved that he can be a uh, dynamic asset to an offense, but it doesn't always translate to fantasy. And I think that is a lesson that we need to relearn every single offseason. Yep. All right. So we got through all of the free agents. Now I want to know one person from both you, Jake, and you, Kate. Who do you think can be hurt the most in terms of fantasy? Which wide receiver by a team, by their team, bringing in a wide receiver in free agency or the draft? Jake, we'll start with you. Who's your guy that you think can get hurt the most? I'm going to go with a Twitter darling (laughs) right now. It's Gabriel Davis, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. I think a lot of people would like to see him get that opportunity this year to be the number two there. Yep. And to his credit, he looked very good in some limited showings for them. So I get I get the hype and I get the want for Gabriel Davis. But I think we've seen so many times that certain certain types of receivers they get this hype, they get this momentum, and then as soon as free agency actually hits or the draft hits, they become an afterthought. And I, I would kind of hate it, but I could see it happening for Gabriel Davis pretty easily. All they need is to bring in any number of guys that we listed already throughout this episode mm-hmm. that are pending free agents that would fit there with Josh Allen. And then all of a sudden, well, there goes the hopes of him even being a fringe wide receiver three. You know, he just becomes another guy. A good guy, a guy that you could handcuff, I guess, if you have deep benches on the chance that Will Fuller goes there and gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, uh, yeah, I could see his his star is probably not long for the offseason. So if you're the dynasty manager and you have a share of Gabriel Davis, what are you trying to send him away for? Immediately, I'm trading him away for a second round pick. If you can do that based only on the hype. And I, I from what I've seen... That's almost feasible at this point. Yeah. yeah, if you can get a second, for sure. The thing is, you got Gabriel Davis for so cheap that if you can't get a second, you might as well hold on and see what happens. It's not like you're wasting an asset that you spent money on. You you drafted him pretty late. So I really like the talent. He made some great sideline catches. I do hope he gets the opportunity. But people have to remember, like, Cole Beasley will still be there next year. And like I mentioned, he did get 100 targets next year. John Brown barely played. So people are getting super excited about John Brown leaving and Gabriel Davis stepping in. It's like, well, John Brown didn't play anyways, like the entire season. 
So I don't know True. if that's going to matter all that much. So yeah, if they bring in another wide receiver to add on top of that, where that will actually play, uh, that could be bad. But I do see the talent there, so I hope he gets his chance. Uh, Kate, who's your person? I'm rolling with Tyler Boyd. Uh, we sort of hit on that earlier, but I think Tyler Boyd, uh, he's certainly been the beneficiary of plenty of volume uh, in, in their lack of receivers just in general. This season, in T. Higgins' rookie year, we saw him get 108 targets. That's phenomenal for a rookie. Uh, that's everything you could possibly want or dream of. Uh, and, and you know what? He's got the size. Why not throw it to him 40 more times? I, I think that's uh, easily within the realm of possibility, and Joe Burrow is a smart quarterback. Um, you know, I know they have A.J. Green leaving, but they do get – they're running backs involved in the passing game. I just think if they uh, take away, uh, we're going to take away A.J. Green, so that gives us 100 targets to play with. I do think that if we give a chunk of those to T. Higgins and then they add uh, any receiver in free agency or even at the tight end position, uh, if they, they look to fill some of those holes there. A.J. Green had 104 targets and he only did. 523 yards. He had a 45% catch rate. Oh, my God. I am, like, shook right now that he had 104 targets. How and when and the fact that it was 47 receptions. Oh, my God. 45% catch rate. That's insane. That's so funny. And that that does come out to... That does come out to five yards per target. Oh, my God. Yeah, he needs to go. Oh, man. <laughs> that is so bad. It's That's really bad. Um, but so I, bad. I think even if you have a, a receiver who's capable of doing more <laughs> with those targets, um, I think if we just add another body into this mix, uh, we, we're going to have to worry about Tyler Boyd a little bit. Not to say I think he's totally volume dependent, um, I feel like he's a perennial value in fantasy football because people just don't uh, look at him as an elite target monster. And, you know, he's he's not. Um, but I, I do think if we add a third body into the mix, uh, he's he's not going to be quite as voluptuous in those PPR formats. I think they need to use all their money on defense and offensive line, and they need to let T. Higgins do his thing. He had 400 more yards than A.J. Green on four more targets. That's pretty nice. That's really impressive. As, as a rookie. I love it. Um, okay, my guy, Devontae Adams. And now this is not saying he's not going to be one of the best wide receivers again next year in fantasy. I think he's still going to be a top-tier guy. But I think we do have to consider that his targets are going to go down. I mean, he played 14 games this year, had 149 targets. So he missed two games. Now, he had 149 targets, and the Packers wide receivers entire group only had 287 targets. So he had 52% of the wide receiver targets for the Packers, and he missed two games. That is absolutely wild. If we want to compare that to the other top three guys in fantasy this year, Diggs saw a ton of targets, right? Like, a ton of targets this season, 166. He only saw 39% of the wide receiver targets for the Bills. Uh, that's 13% fewer than Adams, and he played two more games. And then Tyreek Hill, the wide receiver three this year, he was at 41% for wide receivers. Still a really high number. That's nice. Still 11% lower than Devontae Adams. Like, we have to expect that number to come down. It's still going to be super high because he's super talented. I keep saying this every year, though. I know. I do, too. But one of these years, like, I feel like after <laughs> the Packers – uh, fan base freaked out on them for not getting a wide receiver. They have to. They have to bring in multiple people, I think. Like, I think they bring in a free agent, and I think they take a wide receiver uh, in the first two rounds. Don't you? One would think. One would think. Uh, do the right thing, Green Bay. Yes, I think that they absolutely should. Um, and and right now, I am a little bit nervous uh, for him as a dynasty owner, not only because he's He's finally getting to the age where you can maybe start to see some regression coming. I'm not predicting that for this year, certainly. Uh, but that alongside with the fact that, yes, they should make a splash this year. Like, you just have to make a splash if you're the Packers. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers sticks around for one more season. You got to do it. Yeah, and then what if Rodgers were to 
like get traded or leave or something. He's one guy or, we didn't include in the, the quarterback carousel. I think he's good. I think he stays with the Packers. I don't think anything will happen, but that could be terrible, terrible for Adams. But I do think Adams has to lose probably 10% of that share. And maybe they throw more to wide receivers. They didn't throw to wide receivers this year, right? Because they didn't have any. So it could all equal out. I'm just saying if they actually add some players and Adams isn't the only player that Aaron Rodgers can target, we can see that number come down. I'm not too worried. Just wanted to say I think he could be hurt a little bit. All right, next up, we are going to go ahead and get into our Let's Get Ballsy segment. Everybody, this is uh, the crux of the show, the cornerstone of the Ball Blast football brand, getting ballsy to win your fantasy football leagues. That's pretty ballsy. That's pretty ballsy. Covered our asses out there, man. Some ballsy shots. Get ballsy. We are going to bring one hot take to the show per week, and then we will grade the hot take as a group. Uh, this week, we're going to hear from, from Jake Give us your hot take for the week. My hot take of the week is that Brandon Cooks will finish as a top 15 wide receiver in 2021, regardless of where he plays or who his quarterback is. Obviously, right now, the situation on the Texans, pretty nebulous. There's a ton of moving pieces there. Uh, we don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to be the quarterback. It's very feasible that he's not. Uh, even if he doesn't get traded, maybe he sits. Who knows? Uh, we don't know what kind of pieces they're going to bring in, who they're going to draft. We know almost nothing about this team. We don't even know who their running back is going to be. It's all up in the air. And it doesn't matter for Brandon Cooks. He is bulletproof. It doesn't matter the quarterback he plays with, the offense he's on, where he is in the depth chart. All the dude does is produce basically above his ADP over his career. He's had 5,000-yard seasons. That happened in the last six seasons. Each one of those times, he got at least 114 targets. Uh, the one outlier year was 2019. That was also the concussion year. Yep. So I'm willing to forgive his low finish there. But here's his end-of-season ranks going back to 2015. Wide receiver 13. Wide receiver 10. Wide receiver 15. Wide receiver 13. Then the concussion year. And then wide receiver 17 this past year in an abysmal imploding offense, basically. I'm actually shocked by I I, I don't think I ever looked up his, his end of season ranks back to back like that. That is astounding to me. Between his size and just the way he plays, he doesn't profile as that, that big play kind of guy, but he is a big play guy. Uh, you just wouldn't think it just based on his size and his little body and but he can accomplish a lot <laughs> little of baby things. body. His little baby body uh, uh, can accomplish much more than I give him credit for. Um, and, you know, I think another thing that we do take for granted with Brandon Cooks is uh, just the overall health factor. I think we let the entire 2019 season just absolutely destroy his value in our brains because of the con concussion situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously, they were some bad concussions. Uh, he only technically missed two games, but there the situation just wasn't right. Obviously, you have to be concerned from a long-term perspective, but um, Brandon Cooks, outside of those two games he missed from concussion, uh, he's only missed one other game, and that was in 2020, since 2015. So we're, we're talking three total games missed since the 2015 season. Uh, and you know who are going to have the same exact stats, the same exact stats around 1100 to 1200 yards around four to seven touchdowns. Let's say I'm being very nice to one of them to give him seven touchdowns <laughs> and around 120 targets. Um, it's going to be DJ Moore and Brandon Cooks and Brandon Cooks is probably going to go four rounds after DJ Moore. And the thing about Brandon Cooks, we were talking about more earlier in the episode and how he hasn't had a lot of elite games. Brandon Cooks actually has, yeah. and he has a safer floor than I think people are willing to give him credit for. Mm -hmm. So 2020, let's just look at that. And that was an off-kilter season. 11 of the 15 games that he played, he had at least double-digit fantasy points. Six of them he had 15-plus. Four of them he had 20-plus. So he's already basically outpacing DJ Moore in those big game categories. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, and three of his lower ones, you know, for single-digit fantasy points, they came right off the bat. Brand new offense. Again, it was a weird situation. So he gets targets. He's always getting at least a baseline of five targets. Half of his games had at least eight targets. He's actually very consistent, but he gets this weird boomer bust association sometimes, and I don't think that helps his ADP. Yeah. Which no. does help anybody who's looking to draft him. So really good points there. I Brandon Cooks is just a guy that kind of generally like the rest of the fantasy community outside of you, Jake. We don't think of him. We forget him. He is so forgetful, and I don't know why. Maybe it is because he's a teeny tiny human, but he is an adorable teeny tiny human who can produce in fantasy, which is all that matters. If I'm going to grade this hot take, I feel like at first, if I were to just read it, I would be like, ooh, too hot for me. But once we've gone through it and we talk through it. I think what you mean is two balls. Yeah, but it's not that ballsy. No, I'm saying <laughs> your initial reaction oh, is two balls. My initial reaction was two balls, but now I'm like, yeah, it's like zero. Like he should be like maybe maybe he doesn't hit the wide receiver 15, but I think he's going to be right there. So now I want to go get him in leagues. Do it, everybody. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us for this Ball Blast podcast. Everybody, be sure to follow your hosts. Again, I'm Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm Michelle. You can follow me at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEm. And I'm the new guy, Jake. And you can find me at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out BallBlastFootball.com for more league-winning advice.